Matthew chapter 7, verse, uh, verse 7. <clears throat> Ask. <laughs> it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. I want to talk about this morning, prayer changes everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, prayer changes everything, including me. Give God a hand clap of praise for that. Prayer changes everything, including me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. And today we ask that you'd forgive us of our sins, clear our minds, clear our hearts. Bless us now, Father God, that we may be able to hear a word from you. Father, we pray now for each and every person here this morning. Bless now the preaching of your word. Stand in my body. Think with my mind. Speak with my voice today, Father God. May I decrease and may you increase, Father. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. 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 Prayer changes everything, including me. Prayer is a powerful weapon. We have looked in this series, Lord Change Me, at what needs to be done on our part Things I told you that you need to do. For instance, I, I told you last week there are some questions that you need to ask if you're going to change, right? I told you, and the questions you should ask is, are you willing to let go of your past? Right? Are you willing to just, you know, I want to I say this. If you're going to forgive, you got to forget. And I know for some of us it's hard to forget, but, you know, here's the thing. When Jesus said, uh, to Peter asked him, he said, you know, how many times should I, my brother sin against me, I keep forgiving him, right? He said, seven times. He said, no, seven times 70. Now, my thing is, if it was just seven, right? I mean, if you keep remembering every event, every offense, that I mean, you, you'd be in trouble. So Jesus wanted us to forgive and to forget because here's what the Lord revealed to me. When you don't forget, you're really holding a grudge. That came straight from the Holy Spirit. We had a little talk in our seminary this week about, uh, you know, about that, and, I, and I, was just, I was trying to put it all together. You know, and, and, and when you're holding grudges, you know what I mean? It means you haven't forgotten. And I believe that we got to forget if we're going to move forward, right? But, but it's interesting to me because we've been talking about the fact that if we're willing to change, 
You know, I asked you last week, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up for your change? Now, all these questions I asked you last week were pertaining to you. But I want to shift the focus of this series. And for the next four weeks, what I want to focus on is what we need from God. The spiritual things that we need to do to change. All right? So now we're going to look at what? The spiritual things that we need to change. Yeah, I can change my job. I can change my environment. I can change where I hang out. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's what I found out. If you don't do it with spiritual assistance, whoo, you're going to go right back to where the Lord has brought you from. And, and what I found out is that you know, we all want to change. May I say this? Prayer is the medicine. Come on, somebody. Prayer is the main ingredient. Prayer is the miracle that you need in order to bring about permanent change in your life. Anybody here this morning, you want permanent change I mean I mean don't you feel inconsistent when you say one thing and you mean something else and you know what I mean you 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 really want to do this but you you find yourself doing that and you find yourself going right back to what you said you wouldn't do you find yourself back in the same place where you were isn't it interesting to you that when you make up in your mind to change how so many oppositions come your way from the moment you decide that you're going to do the right thing. Am I right about it? Temptation shows up. Trials show up. Amen. Some people from your past show up. I mean, just a whole bunch of things and opportunities, see, opportunities so it seems, show up. But here's the thing. The only way that we can uh, overcome these things or discern what it really is, is if we tap into our spiritual resources. So that's what I want to talk about for the next four weeks. The spiritual resources that you need. And the first one is prayer. Now, now, now I know that you may be familiar with prayer. I know, I know a question was asked the other day at seminary. Well, how do I pray? What's the proper way to pray and what's the proper way to ask? And I want to say that's legitimate questions. Right? Uh, a lot of us pray, and how many pray every day? Amen. How many pray maybe once a week, maybe? Alright? I mean, you know, how many only pray when you need something? <laughs> Amen. Right, And so prayer has to become first priority. That's the first thing. Write that down for me. Prayer has to become first pri or priority in your life. Prayer has to become priority if you really want change. Now, here's, here's why I say that. Because you got to ask yourself a question, how bad do you want change? Because, because that will determine how much time you put into praying. Now, I want to say this to you. 
Uh, you can look like you're praying. Listen, we, we can look like we're praying, but we're not praying. We may go through our rituals of prayer, but nothing is happening. James chapter 4 says this. He says, he said, first, he said, first, he said what is the source of quarrels around, among you? Why is it that there's so much stuff going on in your life that, you know, he says you ask, but you don't receive because you ask so that you would spend it upon your own pleasures. In other words, he's saying your motives are wrong. So the first thing I want to tell you, second thing I want to tell you about prayer, not only does it mean to be priority, but here's the thing, watch this, your motives have to be right. What you're asking for has to connect with God's will for you. Oh, I need this, God. I need this from you. And, you know, I need this because I want it because I want to spend it on my own pleasures. Can I ask you something? Ask yourself a question. All the things that you've been asking for, what does it have to do with God? How will it glorify him? How will he get glory from what? you are asking him to grant you. Now, here's, one, here's what I want to say to you. When it comes down to changing character, I want to say this to you. It will take prayer to change you. It will take prayer to tear down those walls that you have in your life right now. Those strongholds that's holding you captive, those, those things, those thoughts, those ideas, those whatever it may be right now that's holding you bondage, I got the keys for you. Prayer. Now, I know we talk about it, but may I say this to you? What I've seen happen in the last week Listen, we're praying for one thing. God's answering all the other things we need before we can get to that thing. The first thing we got to get together is us. We can't say, oh, I'm going to get this and we're not ready. I, I just want to say this. Listen, we, we can't move forward and see oftentimes in prayer, we're praying for things, watch this, that we're not ready for. But if you keep praying, God will prepare you for what you think you're ready for. Now, when it comes down to praying, uh, many people overlook prayer, but if they were to really tap into the power of prayer, watch this, and I, I can make this guarantee to you, their change will happen immediately. I'm going to say it one more time. Immediately. Prayer is, here's a definition for you. The believer's communication with God, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, where you make your requests be known unto God. Let me get to you again. Prayer is the believer's communication with God, 
with the assistance of the Holy Spirit where we make our request be known unto him. Prayer is what it's going to take for some of us to change, for all of us to change. And I don't know about you, but there are some things going on in my life right now that I'm really asking God in my character to change. Anybody there with me? Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Change my temperament. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about asking God to take your anger? Take your uh, aggressiveness. Take your uh, whatever that is in your character, uh, your lack of trust, your worry, your doubt, your disappointments. Now, I'm talking about asking God to do that because the psychiatrist couldn't do it. The alcohol didn't do it. The drugs didn't do it. The club didn't do it. The sex didn't do it. Come on, somebody. The, the, the alternative lifestyles didn't do it. But you found out that you had to come right back to God, to the beginning. Because it's God who changed. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. What does that mean? That means that I'm not what I used to be. The moment that you prayed, Lord Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, live inside of me, immediately you're changed. But what needs to happen is transformation needs to occur. Now, there's some things that God takes from us. Listen, lot, many of us, you know, some of us, we don't want to lie. We don't. But if you're asked a question, the first thing you revert to is lying. Here's what you got to do. Lord, change me. And you have to rely so much on prayer that you become like Hannah. Yes. Am I telling you what happened to Hannah? The Bible says that Hannah was loved more by her husband. Paniah had two wives. I don't know how he did that. That's, that's tough business. That's two different personalities you got to deal with every day. My, my, my. And, and here's the thing now. Hannah was barren. But, but the other girl, the other wife, she, boy, she was just spitting them out, man. She was having babies every week. Then plow, plow, you know, just dropping them. But she was a woman, the Bible says, who was barren, but she was, she, was, she was burdened down and she was hurt. And every year they would go up to the temple, right? And when they would go to the temple, her husband would give her a double portion of offering, watch this, to, to comfort her. But even, watch this, even with giving her everything that she wanted, she still was dissatisfied. I want to tell you something. Money can't solve your problem. Money, listen, money can't change you. It may change your zip code, but it can't change your attitude. Are you with me? And, and, and so here she is. She's in the temple praying. The Bible says she goes up and she's praying and she couldn't be comforted by her husband, by her friends, nobody. But she realized something one day. Now, remember, they had been going up there 
every year. So she goes into, uh, into the temple and she's praying. The Bible says she's praying with a heart. No words are coming out of her lips, but her mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. That's what I call a travailing prayer, a prevailing prayer. She had gotten to the point, now watch this, where she was like, you know what, if, if this is going to work, if this, the only way it's going to work out for me is if God steps in. And if I really, really pray about it. See, some of us, we, we say we've been praying about stuff. We hadn't really prayed. You know why? Because we like what we're doing. We like that portion of us. I wish I had somebody. We, we like that part of us that, listen, that sometimes you want it to change. Come on, somebody. When it gets you in trouble... But you don't want it to change. But you, you know, you don't want it to change when it benefits you. Oh, is that deep or what? So she's praying, and and the priest looked over and said, "That woman is drunk." So she walk. He priest walks up to her. And say, "Are you? You been drinking?" See, and she said, "No, I think you misunderstand me. You misread me. My question is, how the preacher know she was drunk? How does he know what a drunk?" Look like. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so as a result of that, he, she said, this is what she said. She said, my heart is heavy. And I've been praying to the Lord. I've been pouring, she said, I've been pouring out my soul to the Lord. Man, something? How bad do you want to change? Listen, I know that some you're saying, you know what, listen, you revert right back. You, th this is why I say it's going to take something supernatural, spiritual to change you. Because watch this, watch this. We say we want it. And we want it real bad. But we don't want it that bad. Because if we wanted it that bad, we would spend more time praying about it. Lord, change me. Lord, take this aggressiveness from me. Take this uh, anger from me. Take this pain from me. Take this unforgiveness from me. Lord, let me forget. Now, I want to tell you something. The one who created you, I haven't even gotten in my, listen, the one who created you is the one who can change you. Are you with me? Now, Matthew writes, Matthew is a Jewish writer. And, and the way Matthew writes, it's interesting to me that Jesus here is, he's teaching. In chapter 6, he gives us the remedy for worry. Amen. Chapter 7 now, he begins something that's pretty powerful. And here's, I want to show you something that's connecting to, the, to prayer. Watch this. Look at verse 1. He says, do not judge. Uh-huh. So that you will not be judged. Let me help somebody. For in the way you judge, see, a lot of us want to hold a lot of standards up. That's why, that's why I opened up this today talking about grace. We want to say, well, you can't do that because God, no, no, no. You, here, let me just say, say, be careful how you judge people. Because the same measure that you judge is the same measure you will be judged. And I promise you, it's going to come the same way. 
Isn't that amazing how it's good for us? It's good for other people, but it ain't good for us. He says, you will be judged, for by the standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Verse 3. He says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your eyes? Are you with me? Jesus is laying it out, man. He's saying, listen, you got to be careful how you judge people. You got to be careful, amen, that you're not pointing out something in somebody else's life, but in all actuality is worse in your life. He says, first of all, you're pointing out the speck in your brother's eye, but you got a log. Here's what I found out about people. People who have the logs, they're the hardest ones. People who have the logs, you know what they, you know what they do? They're the ones that hold a standard that's so high that nobody can attain that standard. All right, they're the ones that get up and preach and tell you you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And every time they preach, the, the, the pole goes higher. And then when they're out of church, <laughs> amen. All right, we're going to go on with that. He says, he says, verse 4, Oh, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out your own eye, and behold, the log is in your eye. He said, in other words, how can you help anybody when you haven't first asked for help yourself? Now, I found this to be very interesting, what Jesus is talking about. Now, watch what he says in verse 5. He says, you hypocrite. You, you hypocrite. You know what a hypocrite is? It sounds like a bad word, but it really isn't a bad word. You know what it is? It just means to be an actor. That's what a hypocrite is, an actor. May I ask you something? Are you pretending to change? Are you just putting on your church mask when you come to church so we can see, oh, man, he's doing good. But when you get to work, when you go home, you take that mask off. That's what it means. It means hypocrites. It means to wear a mask, to be an actor on the stage. See, God can't really get through to us for real change if we're not true about who we are. If we're not honest about where we are, and guess what? We all have something to work on. And what I love about God is that he tells us that in spite of what I got, amen, I'm not trying to point out you, I got to work on me first. Come on, somebody. See, but it's key, the key thing to this is being honest about where you are. The text says, you hypocrite. Take the log out your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eyes. reason why we don't see change in anybody is because we still have these logs. Now, now let me show you the next verse. J Jesus is cold, man. Verse 6, what we said? He says, do not give what is holy. Remember, remember last week we talked about the dogs? Who let the dogs out? He said, don't give what is holy to dogs and don't throw your pearls before swine. You know what Jesus was saying? Be careful who you open up to. Be careful of where you go. Sometimes we're taking our anointing to places where people don't appreciate what God has done in you. 
Listen, they can't see the change, and that's the reason why they think you haven't changed. Are you with me? Now, I find this to be pretty important in the context because then he goes on and starts talking about prayer. So, in other words, let me prepare you, give you a precursor for prayer. Stop judging. Be honest with yourself about what you got to work on. And stop going to places you don't need to be in. Around people who don't appreciate what God has done in you. Because you can't pray effectively if you are the judge. Listen, prayers are hindered because I'm thinking I'm better. I just got a few things I got to work on. I got about two, three things I got to work on. And you got a whole log in front of you. So before you pray, you see, the context is so important because people may judge you because you show no change in your life. But don't you fall for that. Because only God can judge you. Turn to your neighbor and say, only God can judge me. I think that's liberating. Come on, give God a praise. Come on. That's liberating. That's liberating. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say. Listen, I don't mind telling you either. But thanks be to God that he's the only one that can judge me. And here's what I found out. If my, listen, listen, if I, if my prayer is hindered, it will be because of that reason. Now, they say that prayer changes things, but does it really change things? Oh, yes, it does. Does prayer change your present situation and, and, or circumstances? No, not always. But guess what? Your present situation and circumstances will turn out for the good if you look at it from God's perspective. Are you with me? It doesn't always change things but just but does prayer change your financial future no it doesn't always change your financial future but it does change who you look to to meet your daily needs see when you start praying it changes your perspective it changes your perspective on who you're really relying on i thank god we've been praying this week I'm so full of the prayer right now, I'm full of this thing. Because I believe it. So here's what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse 7, he says, let me hurry up. He says, ask, because some of you praying I'll be done. <laughs> now, now, the word ask in the Greek, it carries the idea and what it's telling us here. First of all, it's in the imperative mood. Which means it's a command. Number two, it's in the active voice, which means that the subject has to produce. In other words, there's only so much intercession I can do for you. That's to pray for me. I pray for you every day. But here's the thing I'm not seeing no change in your life, boo. Something wrong. You ain't praying. You are not praying yourself. You say, people say, pray for me. I'll pray for you, but are you praying for you? Well, watch this. He says, ask, 
And that word, when it says indicative, is a command to ask. But here's the other thing y'all know. In the Greek, it reads something like this. Keep on asking. I'm saying one more time. Listen, listen. I believe in writing out my prayer. That's what I, I believe you write it out. You write it out and you keep praying for it. And eventually, God will answer that prayer. Because here's what you need. You need a record. Bim those lights for me. Here's the thing. So here's the first point. Thank you. Bring it on down. All the way. There you go, my brother. That way I can see it. So the first thing that you must do is what? You must be what? You must be what? Persistent. If it doesn't come immediately, don't give up. And that's what happens to us. We say, so, God has a hard job, man. Just think about how many people are praying every day. You've seen Bruce Almighty, right? When, he, when everybody was like praying, right? And his head was full of all the prayers. Like, man, he tried to put it in the computer. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? He's like, man, how do you do this? Can you imagine that every day, watch this, from the moment you say, Father, he looks at you. From the moment you say, Father, he turns in your direction and you have his full attention. But watch this. I'm praying, right? I say, Father, but then I start drifting off over here reading something else. I start doubting in my mind a little bit. But here's the thing. But because it hasn't happened yet, I'm not persistent. And you, you and I, you have to keep asking and eventually, listen, you know how long I prayed to God to take anger from me? Do you know how long I prayed for that? Do you know how long I asked God to change my mind? I don't think you're hearing me. And may I say this to you? It was only through the power of prayer that God has transformed me. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you what I had to do. I persisted. I took him at his word. He said to me, he said, ask. Okay, I'm going to take you at that. I'm going to ask. See, the words ask, seek, and knock, it's all in the present tense. Listen, a person is to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And oftentimes, Satan tries, watch this, can you imagine Job? Job is sitting there, right, in the ash heap, right? And he's praying to God. For the first 40 chapters, he was doing well. <laughs> Till he got down the home stretch. And then he starts saying stuff like this. Cursed the day I was born. I shouldn't even be here no more. And some of you are waiting for the change to happen in you, but you've given up on praying for it. So your first assignment is to write out the things that you want God to change in you, all right, and start praying for it. And you're going to pray for it every day until you see it happen. Because remember what I said, some things God will take from you immediately. You know why he will take it away from you immediately? Because you're not holding on to it anymore. 
And here's the other thing, because you're sick and tired of holding it. And here's the other thing, you're ready to let it go. But it's, it's become so part of you. It's a habit. It becomes part of who you are, so now it takes divine help to release you and I from it. All right, okay. He says, ask, and look what it says next. This is the part that got me. Ask and it will be given to you. Now, here's what's so interesting about this. You got to be careful how you interpret Scripture. Those of you who come and take Bible study methods, be very careful how you interpret Scripture. He says, ask and it will be given. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get it now because guess what tense it's in? It's in the future. And so what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do with everything. Because he's saying that there's a possibility that when you do ask, <laughs> it may not happen right now, but because of your persistence and because you believe, it's, see, sometimes when we pray, we don't believe. And we don't have the faith when we pray. So he says, and it will be given to you future tense. So the next point is, you must, you have to believe in the promise of prayer. What's the promise of prayer? It will be given to you. Listen, it just hadn't happened yet. And what God is doing in between the time that it hasn't happened yet to future tense, he's seeing are you willing to persist? In other words, God is saying, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Are you with me? It's pray you have to believe that it's already done. That takes faith. God, change my whatever. Lord, change me. I know I don't see it right now, but God, I believe. Listen, if you don't believe in the promise of prayer, how can you get an answer? And can I tell you something about God and his promises? God always makes good on his promise. God always keeps his promise. In other words, God will go to any lengths. As long as he promised it, you better believe it's going to happen. So what's the promise here? He says, when I ask, it will be given to me. Now, can I say this to you? Uh, let me help you out with something. Ding dong, watch this. Uh, you're the one holding it up. Because if the promise is it will be given to me, why hasn't it happened yet? I know you're probably saying, I've been asking the same question. Why hasn't he changed that yet? You're not ready to let it go. You're praying about something that you're still holding close to you that you will not let your grips off of. Matter of fact, you got it on the ball and chain. It's locked up, tied up, wrapped up, tangled up, and twisted up inside of you that God can't try to get in there. Here's the thing. We compartmentalize what God wants to change. And we let God into certain compartments of our lives. What about that deep-seated hurt that you have? Can he get to that? 
If he says ask and it will be given, it's a promise. Isn't it a promise? And if we believe in the promises of God, and we believe that God is good to his promise. How many believe that he's, whatever he promised, he'll deliver? So I ask you something, how come it hadn't changed yet? Are you with me? You said that's later, that's in the future. That word, that word give means uh, to make something happen. Come on, somebody. To grant, uh, to offer, to receive something. Look, he says, ask. And then look what he goes on to say next. This, this is the piece that really gets me right here. A lot of us ask, and that's it. We stop right there. We don't go any further. We ask, and we've been praying. Lord, I mean, you've been there 20 hours praying. Lord, take it, Lord. 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 20 hours done passed. You're still saying, take it, Lord. Lord. I'm ready to release it, Lord. And then you stop right there. You don't do it. You see, <laughs> God says, ask, but then he says what? Seek. What am I seeking for is the question. He's saying, after I pray for something, God's telling me immediately, I want you to go out and get it. So my, second, my third point is, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Write it down. Write it down. Take a picture of it. Do something with it. You have to what? You have to pursue what you prayed for. And God will allow you to get into situations, right, that will allow you to see, man, I'm changed. I, I, listen, I could, man, you should have seen me a year ago. But, but, but here's the thing. The word, in other words, you ready for this? Pursue your change. Turn to your name and say, pursue your change. Go seeking for it. You know how you seek change, Pastor? What, what are we doing in church? We got we got one-on-one class. We got two-on-one class. We got three-on-one class. Amen. We got seminary. We got different Bible studies that can help you achieve those things. Oh, I don't think y'all hearing me. The church is offering you what you need. You got to get involved in it. Pursue your change. Watch this. Pursue your deliverance. Oftentimes, we pray and we do nothing. Pursue your, your, your deliverance. Pursue your transformation. Pursue it as you would anything else. Listen, a lot of us will compromise a whole lot of things, including God, amen, to, to, to get involved in things that's not spiritual. We think, well, you know what, if I, if I get a better job and then that job causes you to do what? Leave church. See? Whatever it is that you're, whatever you've prayed for, pursue it. Because God says when you seek, what will happen? You will what? 
Hold on a minute. He says, what? And you will what? Next point. You have what? Can I ask something? Does anybody got any proof today? That prayer works? Does anybody here today can truly say I've seen prayer work in my life? Pastor, I've seen the proof that I'm not what I used to be. I've come further than where I was and God is still working in my life. But I thank God that he gives me proof that I have a connection to him. You prayed about that thing and God gave it to you. God didn't want you to sound the trumpet or get no big balloon or no banner and say, this is what you've done for me. But here's the thing. He wants you to remember that it's me that answered that prayer. When you, could, when you were jobless, come on somebody, when you were homeless, when you were down and out, it was me that did that for you. God says, I've given you proof. Listen, the proof, watch this, your prayer, it's in the, it's, your proof in your prayer. He says, seek and you'll find it. Listen, stop just praying and just sitting around doing nothing. Pursue what you prayed for and then watch this. God will show you the proof when you put in the work. How many really want to change? Put in the work. Put it in. And don't let nobody or nothing turn you from that purpose. If you really want it, look for the proof. And how many of you have prayed and you've seen stuff happen? Let me see. Let me see all the prayers here. Stuff happened, right? I just imagine if we all got together like we've been last week. And if we sincerely pray about what we're pursuing. somebody. Now, we're not just going to sit around and say, oh, Lord, give us a building. We're going to go look at it. We got to go pursue. And, and here's the thing. God will open those doors. And he'll give you the proof that, listen, this is me. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. I got two more points. I'm done. Look what he said next. He said, now, now, you see, God will give you proof that prayer does work. Watch this. God will give you the proof in your attitude. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. In your character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He'll show you. He'll show you. Watch this. And watch this. The change will come and you can stop questioning whether or not prayer works. Prayer changes what? Everything, including me. Watch this. Watch what he says. Then he goes on to another word. Now, if you take the acronym, right, ask, it's ask, seek, and knock. That's the acronym for ask. Each time. Anywhere you take it, it's going to be ask, seek, knock. All right? Now watch this. He says knock. Now, there are two types of knocking in, in the Greek language. There is 
the polite knock. Knock, knock. <laughs> but then there's the loud knock. Bam, bam, the police kind of knock. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you know when the police at the door, right? They bam, bam. You know what I mean? They want you, they want you out. And what he's saying is, watch this. We don't have to bam, bam. Oh, I wish I had somebody. All we do is politely knock. Now, the word knock also means, watch this. You ready for this? It means opportunities. Now, now what he's saying here is that he wants you, I'm sorry, no. He said, what he wants you to do is he wants you to keep knocking. Praying when the doors of our circumstances seems to close on us, it shows faith. Are you with me? We must move about knocking until the right door opens. So in other words, don't be disappointed when you go to the first door. Knock, knock. No, this ain't the church for you. Knock, knock. No, that ain't the building for you. Knock, knock. That's not the door for you. That's not the job for you. Knock, knock, that ain't the man for you. Knock, knock, that ain't the woman for you. Knock, knock. And you politely knock at each door. You don't stop knocking. This is what we do. We give up after the first knock. All of us. We do that. We, knock, knock, that ain't for me then. Did you try something else? Knock, knock. So the next thing we got to do You must what? Persevere. You know what persevere means? Keep going. Keep knocking. The word knock says the following. We knock when we're shut out. Watch this. And need or want entrance. That's what knock means. We knock when someone on the other side says, who's knocking? We knock when we knock on the door and the person on the other side says, come on in. Every door you knock. Let me ask you something. You didn't find your career in the first, the first time you went out and found it, did you? You had to, some of you thought you'd be at that last job 20 years, 100 years. But God starts closing that door real quickly after your season is up. And he places you where he wants you. But here's the thing. May I say this to you? After you get what you want, keep knocking. Because we get comfortable after we have walked into the doors of opportunities. Keep knocking. See, here's the thing. Man, this thing didn't bother me. The devil is a liar. Thought I was about to fall. So. <laughs> um, you, you, when you persevere, It shows something. It shows that you're not willing to give up. 
And I think that that's one of the hardest things for us, saints, after we get our doors open. I'll give you one last thing, one last thing. Look what he says. He says, he says knock. <laughs> you ready for this? And it will be open to you. Now, it's referring here to a treasury or treasures. Uh, it, it means a storehouse. I will open up the storehouse of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You get that? It also means a casket. I wish I had somebody. It, it means to gain entrance, to furnish an opportunity. See, the reason I brought the casket thing up, because there's some things we got to put to rest. Come on, somebody. Some things, when you open that door, you got to say, you, you can have that. That's yours. Bury that. He says, knock and the doors will be open. My last point is, your prayer will open up, open you up to what? New opportunities. And how many of you need some new opportunities in your life? God wants to open up some doors. So, they say that prayer changes things, but does it really change anything? Does prayer change shattered hearts or broken bodies? No, not always. But it will change your source of strength and comfort. Does prayer change your wants and desires? No, not always. But it will change your wants into what God desires. Does prayer change how you view the world? No, not always. But it will change whose eyes you see the world through. Does prayer change your regrets from the past? No, not always. But it changed your hopes for the future. Does prayer change the people around you? No, not always. But, but it will change you. The problem isn't always others. Come on, somebody. Does prayer change your life in ways you can't explain? Oh, yes. Always. And watch this. And in, it will change you from the inside out. So does prayer really change everything, anything? Yes, I believe it really changes everything. Give God a hand clap for praise.